<laughs> what's up you guys how are thou <laughs> i know it's been like a super duper long time talk about like two weeks long but i'm here you're here we're here so yeah let's just jump right into it shall we we shall seriously I did and um I was just like trying to get back into the swing of regulating my schedule because you know last time I spoke to you I had just finished taking those exams and uh, yeah I was just trying to normalize things for me and my schedule and shit like that but I'm here and um you know as usual you guys everything with me is always um unscripted just raw uncut Straight shots, no chaser. I don't sit here and do, uh, you know, how some people do scripts and all that. Nah, just I just love to talk, right? <laughs> so this shit just come naturally. Naturally, like me. Naturally. Natural beauty. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Today is June 28th. All of the kids should be out of school. Yeah, how you parents feeling? Cause y'all know I'm a parent too. So, you know, you just gotta figure out how this shit gonna work. Cause I'm not even sure how daycares are being set up. Not daycares, what the fuck is that shit? Summer camp, yeah. So, you know, um, for a while we've been 
in the pandemic where we were like restricted from certain things, doing certain things, going certain places. And so I really don't know how that works with summer camp. If any of you parents were able to uh, register your children for camp this summer, if you were, let me know how that works. I certainly weren't, wasn't able to. And, you know, normally I do, you know, I got a great union. Shout out 1199. Uh, <laughs> that, um gives me the opportunity to put my kids in camp. But with all of this craziness that was going on, that just wasn't one of the things that uh, I focused on. So I'm not even sure if the union, I'm, I'm almost certain that, that that wasn't, I don't know. Like, I don't wanna lie and say the union didn't give us that um, option. I just didn't take advantage of it this year. It was just too much things going on, trying to figure out if and when um, my, uh, company was going to uh open their doors for us to go back into the office which by the way they haven't so I really didn't really know to what extent I should be looking for anything in terms of you know where my children are going for the summer as far as I know um it looks like I probably won't be going back into the office to maybe sometime around September so doors good and uh you know, Heavenly's almost 18 and a little over a month, right? So there's that, right? Also, uh, let's see, where do I want to start exactly? Oh, let me start out by shouting you guys out. I love you guys. Huge shout out to you guys for still sticking with me, um, knowing that there are sometimes I will um, air a segment and there are sometimes I don't, but I do appreciate you for patiently waiting for Winko going to talk her shit. And yeah, I'm here. I'm here. So I appreciate you guys for that. I appreciate all the countries that have listened in. And um, today's a busy day for me because I owe you guys so much fucking work, right? It's like, come on with it, Cole. We've been waiting. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm on my job today, literally. I'm actually on both jobs. I'm fucking with y'all right now, and I'm fucking with my job right now. It's type slow right now. So, yeah, I'm a multitasking type of bitch. I, I, I do a lot. You know, I do a lot. And those who are around me or fortunate to be in my energy space knows this bitch does a lot you know what i'm saying but for good reasons because you got those people out here who do a lot for fucked up reason they just be doing the fucking moans for no reason but yeah that's not cool so um let me see if i have any updates for you guys since the last time i spoke to you and then i'll just jump back i'll just jump right into um what's going on in music, what's going on in the media, as if you guys don't already know. But I know you guys appreciate my commentary on the shit that you guys probably already know. Um, and uh, we'll take it from there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I started uh, clipping and snipping more people off. <laughs> yeah, you just, you know what? It's always the season to get rid of vultures and trolls and gremlins and low vi low vibrational people i don't know about y'all but that's the shit i don't like like i can't be in the company of uh 
jealous ones or, you know, envious ones and haterations and, and all kind of fuck shit. I, I just can't do it, you know? And I refuse to do it. Even if I could do it, why would I do it? Like, no, no, no. Um, so yeah, that's been pretty cool. Um, a little summer cleaning, getting rid of folks that do not need to be, or as spirit was, will say to me often, does not deserve to go where I'm going type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Cardi B too, really quickly for, um, um, a song she just, uh, released recently, um, I think the title of it was Type Shit, which is really funny because niggas in the Bronx been saying that saying with a slogan for forever. So for her to come out with a song and she's from the Bronx, it, it's fitting, right? I know you guys, if you've been listening to me from day one, always hear me say type shit, type shit, type shit. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to you, Cardi B. Um, and the things that you do. Uh, we'll get into your whole pregnancy and all that in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that in a second. Um, I'm actually, as I'm talking to you guys, family, I'm watching. Oh, yeah. I did tell you, right? I got two kittens now. I am so fucking happy. Yes, I am. Um, These motherfuckers are strange, though. <laughs> like, literally, as I'm talking to you, one of them just went into a door's dollhouse. Like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, are you shitting me? I definitely have to find a way for you guys to see what I see on my end. This shit is crazy. You need to get out of there. Yeah, that's me talking to the cat. <laughs> like the cat gonna be like, all right. <laughs> Fucking with me, you never know. Animals talk, you know? You just gotta be able to understand them. So, um... Yeah, I'll be talking to you guys about some sports updates. Uh, like I said, some music um, highlights. Uh, you guys know the BT Awards was yesterday. Did you watch it? Did you? Mm. I don't know. I'm so old school now. Like, I'm getting old school. Like, <clears throat> because the awards just don't do it for me anymore. I'm not sure. Why exactly that is? No, I'm lying. I know exactly why that is. It's like that because of the the music that's out now, the genre. It's not, you know, the, the way music is. I'm not trying to, you know, talk shit, but I'm going to talk shit. Because I'm not trying to, but shit, if I have to, I will. Um, I'm just not completely satisfied with the direction of music. And I've told y'all that from my very first episode. If you don't believe me, go check it out, right? This ain't nothing new or cold. Like, I'm just not really pleased with music. Uh, and I love music. Clearly, I got it tatted on my fucking chest. Like, I love music. So when I'm not happy about music, it's a problem. Um, but yeah, I caught glimpses of the BET Award. Uh, shout out to Queen Latifah for receiving. Yeah, so Queen Latifah actually received um, yesterday the Lifetime Achievement Award, which is pretty dope. I'm so glad that she was honored in that way. Um, they had MC Light. Uh, who else was it? It was MC Light, uh, Moni Love, and Rhapsody that, you know, gave her a tribute on stage. And that was pretty dope, as well as... Uh, Little Kim, um, 
MC Light, just, just, you know, veterans, um, legends, right? Um, that honored the queen with her roses while she can still smell them. And that's always a plus. So we'll jump into the whole beads, hey shit, in a second. Um, but let me, uh, kind of direct you towards what's been going on, um, first and foremost, um, on a worldwide level. Because you guys know it's not only the United States who's fucking with your girl. I got about 44 international countries that listen in, you guys. No bullshit. So it's only fair that, you know, I discuss or take the time to discuss things that are just as relevant to um, us as is relevant to them, right? So, and, and you know, you might learn something. Because I know a lot of my, my uh, listeners don't really indulge in world news and I implore that you do you can't stay just stagnant into the little world that you know circles you there's a there's a lot more things going on than just what's going on in your vicinity right so all right you guys so um according to the guardian the united um nations calls for the end of quote impunity for police violence against black people, right? So there was a UN report that basically um, analyzed all the racial injustice or racial justice um, after the events of, the unfortunate events of the murder of George Floyd. um, They began looking into um, how many countries or neighboring, I guess, states for them, you know, were included in, um, police officers violating human rights of black people. Right. And so what that, um, analysis found was that there was like over 190 deaths across the world, right. That led to the report showing that, yeah, the conclusion was law enforcement officers are rarely, are rarely held accountable for killing black people. And uh, us here in the United States, especially if you're black, not to say that if you're not black, you don't recognize this as being true, but I'm just saying, if you a nigga and you're black, or you're black, right? You already know this to be a fact. You ain't need no analysis to tell you this shit, cause yeah, the funerals we go to are the analysis, right? Unfortunate, but yeah, yeah, type of shit. Um, so this was like a 23-page global report. And um, it featured seven examples of death involving police. Also including the case of Kevin Clark who died after being restrained by officers in London in 2018. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that case. You totally should look into that. Kevin Clark, last name, Clark with an E. <laughs> um, but what happened here was that um, Clark, uh, Kevin was actually diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia in 2002. And the way that the police use restraints to arrest Mr. Clark contributed to his death. 
And we all know this is not the first time, and unfortunately, sadly to say, it probably will not be the last time police officers do this um, or do things or acts similar to this, right? Um, then you have a case study that included Luena Barbosa, Dos Reyes Santos, and Joe Pedro Matos Pinto in Brazil. Shout out to Brazil. I got listeners out there. You also had George Floyd and Breonna Taylor here in the U.S. Janer, Janer Garcia, Palomino in Colombia. Shout out to uh, Colombia. I got listeners there. And uh, Adama Traore. I guess that's how you say it. Out in France. If I fuck the name up, you guys, okay? Yeah, I ain't perfect. Right? Which I'm still waiting for France to get on board. France, where you at? Where you at, France? We're waiting on you. So basically, what happened here with this report... What happened with, the res- with this report is that the United Nations um, were giving the responsibility in June of 2020 to kind of come up with a in-depth, comprehensive sort of report on the systematic racisms that are against black people. So my thing is this, right? Because it's often that we do these type of studies, case studies, um, things of that sort. But even after we find out what we already know, right? What gets done to prevent the increase of shit like this happening? Because, And I say that because, you know, we could go back further than just the people that I've mentioned. You know, you had the Amadou Diallo's and the, um, what's his name? Ebenezer? I can't remember. The guy, um, I gotta find his name because I just feel awkward that I don't know it by. But, Luke, Luke it's coming to me. Luima. Spirit like no bitch, you know who it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get the right name, you guys. But for right now, some, it, what came to my mind is Luima or something like that. But the gentleman that I'm talking about was sodomized by police officers and I believe the 90s, late 90s, I believe it was the late 90s. Um, I'm near, no, let me find out his exact name, guys. Well, I'll be, I was right, you guys, it's Abner Luima. And uh, yes, that took place in the late 90s, 1997, you guys, to be exact. Um, if you don't know about that, for my listeners who are not familiar with this story, um, Luima was basically at a club in, uh, Brooklyn and the fight broke out between, you know, two females and, you know, people got arrested. Uh, once he was arrested, um, and took him down to the station, um, an officer took Luima to the bathroom, kicked and squeezed his testicles and turned around and sodomized him with the handle of a plunger. Fucking sick, you guys. So yeah, and this was in 1997, like I said. So there's a lot of, um, you know, history with police officers specifically um, treating black people unjustly. Let's just call it what it is. So it's, we're not gonna act like, that's why I'm saying I'm trying to be you know, fair in the fact that this type of report exists, but really what is this report going to do? Because we've had many of cases where for for God knows, 
way before I was even born, all right? I'm an 82 baby, so you do the math, all right? Where these type of issues just continue to exist, right? So I don't know if because we were in a pandemic and we were confined is why George and Brianna in the United States got the kind of attention that they received as well as um, as well as Ahmaud Arbery, right? So, you know, I'm just hoping that we don't have to continue just giving case scenarios of what has happened and we actually come up with a contingency plan to lessen and eventually prevent altogether the injustice of uh, black people in all sectors, not just police brutality, but <clears throat> how it affects uh, job opportunities, you know, loans, bank loans, you know, we're just kind of fucked, you know, in a lot of areas. And this is why I'm so um, adamant about speaking justice for my people. You know what I'm saying? I'm for justice for all people. You know, I'm a light worker, but I'm black first, niggas. So I can't honestly, and this is just me, I can't honestly be out here on the front line for all other causes and I'm not repping mine first. Like, you know, before I'm no labels, right? Right? Before I'm no labels. Before I'm a mother, right? I'm fucking black. That's just the facts right there. So I got to always look at how that affects my what how things affect my race first because i'm black first i was black before i was a mother i was black before i decided hey i don't need to choose my sexuality i like what i like <laughs> type of shit right so yeah but you know it is promising i guess to see that these matters are being taken quite seriously not just in the united states but um, globally. And, um, I remember there was a time I wanted to work for the United Nations. I sure did you guys. I sure fucking did. It's not like I can't. It's not like I fucking can't. I'm quite qualified. eh? But, um, yeah, back in June of 2020, like I was saying, the report based on systematic racism against black people began. And, uh, The report also investigated the violations of international human rights laws by law enforcement, the government's response to anti-racism, peaceful protests, as well as accountability and redress for victims, which is huge. Because a lot of times, you know, it's like when something happens um, tragically, by the hands of police officers specifically to anyone that is of to anyone that is black you know it's minimal resolution so you know i guess people would feel okay well if we get these people locked up then you know case is over right or if we give these black family members who are affected by what we did to their immediate, you know, kin folk, um, intermediate, or I mean, intimate kin folk, then, you know, that should solve everything. And, you know, we can get upset by that theory, but honestly, black people, that's something we've created. 
I'm going to just keep it a, a, a thousand with y'all because we glorify money so much that people think that they, they can buy us. Like, okay, you know what? These motherfuckers, all they really want is money anyway. So, yeah, we'll say we're sorry. We fucked up. Just give them some money and that should be that. And I hate to say it, but you guys know, and a lot of times that do be that. Niggas will kick, punch, cause all type of fucking hell about what's happened. And then once that check is cut, mm, you don't really hear no more about it. We got to stop that, black people. And this is why they don't take us serious. Because they feel, which is what we know, money rules us too much. We are willing to put aside our um, dignity, our respect, our uh, what we know should be due process for us if somebody comes and check. So we basically sell out in many ways for the almighty dollar, not all of us, but far too many of us, too many that it has not yet changed the dynamics of how we address things when it comes to um, black people black people and the injustices done towards black people but back to this report right so i'm gonna do this quick and get up out of here and start talking about other shit um this report was actually led by michelle bachelet so she's the united um nation's high commissioner for human rights and used to be a former president of chile shout out to chile because y'all niggas is tapped in with me ew when uh, she gave um, a response about the uh, report, she stated that the systematic racism definitely needs, or systematic racism in general, needs a systematic response. And I agree with her. That's pretty much what I just said. Like, we can't just keep addressing or bringing to light the tragedies of what occurred without having a concrete plan on preventing measures like this occurring in the near future. Um... She says there needs to be a comprehensive rather than a piecemeal approach to dismantling systems entrenched in centuries of discrimination and violence. Did Cole just not say that, but in a layman's terms, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she says she's calling on all states to stop denying and start dismantling racism to end impunity and build trust to listen to the voices of people of African descent and to confront past legacies and deliver redress. So I'm all in favor of that. I'll be more in favor of um, that check that they owe us. I mean, give us a check or them 40 acres and a mule. Mule. And a mule. <laughs> mule. Um, you can keep the mule. Just give me 40 acres in a, in a, in a, in a Tahoe, son. I definitely feel like the government should um, be squaring black people off or something. This is just ridiculous. And I just say that to say because you look at history within the United States and every single race has either moved up systematically or gotten some kind of, you know, uh, retribution, if you will, right? Everybody that's gotten fucked over but us niggas, right? This is why I don't know why niggas be so quick to fight for other people's causes. No disrespect. We all need to be, you know, in the fight together. But my niggas, I can't fix what's going on with you until what's going on with me gets fixed type of shit. But that's just me, right? That's just fucking me. Um, and again, you know, I love everybody. I don't like everybody, but I love everybody. But I've watched my people suffer far too long and get, you know, bamboozled and, and, and toyed with and disrespected. And it's just like no fucks given ever. 
unless we're doing something that brings some sort of revenue to those who it benefits. So if it ain't that, then you really getting overlooked out here as a black person, African-American, colored, Negro, or nigga. Yeah, I said it, niggas. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of things have been, um, reviewed in this report, mostly dealing with, uh, the deaths of people while in police custody. Um, and the report just finds striking similarities and patterns and within, you know, these countries, international and domestic. And, you know, why would they not? It's not, it has nothing to do with geographic, um, boundaries, right? It has everything to do with a way of, um, it's an order, I should say. It's a, it's, it's, it has to do with a type of structure, just like she said. And you'll find this authoritative structure almost anywhere. Anytime you have anybody in an authoritative position, they're bound to abuse it on some level. That's just what humans do, right? But um, shout out to her and shout out to the United Nations for taking the step forward to kind of get a concrete resolution, um, if you will, on how to address these serious matters going forward in the future. So yay, yay, yay. Okay, I'm gonna leave that there. Moving forward and forward we shall move. Um, If you didn't know, the United States did an airstrike yesterday, hit um, Iranian militias in Iraq and Syria. So, you know, here we go with this shit. So, I don't know, you guys. It's like you can't, you know, we scream peace, but yet we give wars and we say put it into war but war you know it's big money in war so like which which one is it which one are we doing here now people which one now according to cbs news right it was stated that uh the u.s military yesterday which was sunday conducted this airstrike on facilities used by iran backed militia groups that were in the iraq syria border region so the targets were facilities Iran-backed militias have used an unmanned aerial vehicle or drone attacks against the United States personnel and facilities in Iraq. So this is actually according to a statement from Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby. Yeah, so... Here's something else we're dealing with here. It just doesn't, it just doesn't fail. So, um, I know a lot of you guys are already aware of what's going on with the, um, Iran backed groups targeting the United States interests in Iraq. And so the president basically has just further directed military action to disrupt and deter any future attacks. We'll see how that goes, right? We shall see. Last but not least in world news, I found 
this to be quite interesting. Um, shout out to Thailand, especially Bangkok, because that's where my listeners is from. Um, I got some some news on uh what's going on with you guys. Uh Bangkok uh had a um um well there's a let me start off by saying there was a gentleman out in Bangkok who is a tuk tuk taxi driver. His name is Sam Brand. Dame Masa, I think that's how you say it, the Masa, and um, he wasn't aware of who Jessica Young was before the pandemic, but he now knows who she is, and uh, Thailand has become huge fans of her. Um... Due to the fact that because of COVID, a lot of um, work has deplenished. Um, And so now... Okay. So basically, um, during the the pandemic, as we should all know, things slowed up um, for people job-wise, income-wise. And um, this gentleman... Samran, uh, his money slowed up really bad. Um, that's his source of income is being a tuk tuk taxi driver. And get this, you guys, he literally, um, in the past few months, has only been able to earn six hundred bots a month, which is equivalent to nineteen dollars a month. So if you were complaining. Motherfuckers, anybody listening to my voice? If you've been complaining about being broke, be appreciative of what you have and fix your mindset. Because if you say you're broke, you will be broke. Just say you're financially disadvantaged at the time. (laughs) But all in all, I say that to say be grateful for what you do have because somewhere someone else is not doing as well as you while you're complaining that you ain't doing well at all, right? Um, so the pandemic fucked shit up in uh, Bangkok in terms of, you know, these taxis because, you know, people just wasn't traveling. There was no tourist attention coming to Bangkok in 2020 like that. Um, And so you got to know that this affected, you know, people who live out there and people who work in Bangkok tremendously. Um, but you know, normally I would say, um, if it wasn't a pandemic, Sam Ram would have earned about $47 a day just for, you know, ferrying, uh, foreign tourists around Bangkok. So it's nice to know that, um, Jessica, Young, this K-pop artist, and I'm not going to act like I know exactly who she is, but, you know, I soon will, right? You guys out in Thailand, y'all know who she is. <laughs> but um, she's actually assisted by um, aiding money to uh, grassroots businesses out there which includes the Tuk Tuks and street, uh, street food vendors. So shout out to her and several other people like her for doing that. 
You got a lot of young fans who have recently mobilized and put up banners of their favorite K-pop idols on the iconic vehicles, you know, providing a new source of income for struggling drivers. So, you know, it's a, it's a way of political expression, I want to say. And it was also a way to generate extra cash, which was so needed. This initiative benefited several hundred tuk-tuk drivers. So if you didn't know, there are at least more than 9,000. 9,000 tuk-tuks registered in Bangkok. All right? So what basically happened is K-pop fans were protesting. um, And they vowed to pull huge billboard advertising fees from Bangkok's SkyTrain and underground subway services, right? And this was right after mass trans, uh, transportation shut down to try to prevent students from reaching the protest sites. Pachaya herself raised 1,800 bayat. I think that's how you say it, which is equivalent to $565 of our money. Um, and I thought that was, you know, worth mentioning, not just because, you know, Thailand listens into me, listens or, or is tapped in with me. Um, but just so you guys have an idea, one, how other people in other parts of the world are trying to survive or what mechanisms they have to survive off of. And uh, just how much this pandemic has affected us all worldwide, especially when it comes to our fucking pockets. So for us in the United States, who I think oftentimes just do not understand how privileged we are, right? Whether you're black, white, polka dot, whatever the fuck you are, you're probably doing a lot better than other people in other parts of the world. So before you fix your face today, folks, to just complain about something, think about what I just read and think about, you know, how much you actually should be grateful that you woke up and you have a lot more than you realize you do. So appreciate what you got and God bless you with more. He ain't gonna give you shit if you complaining about what you got and then he'll fuck around and take that shit too. Just a, just a lesson for you if you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna move away from um, world news and um, let's get to the ratchet shit you really wanna know about. Oh no, no, let's save that for last. Let's jump right into sports because Simone, Simone though, oh my God. If y'all don't give that baby a round of a fucking applause, like Simone <laughs> Now, if you don't know who Simone Biles is, where the fuck have you been? This little lady here, and I say little lady because she's only but 24 years old. She is an American artistic gymnast all right let me tell you something first of all i've been watching 
gymnastics since I was fucking six, seven years old. You couldn't fucking tell me I was not going to be a gymnast, right? You know, when you're a child, you just think of all these things you're going to do. That was one of them. I was supposed to be a figure skater too. But after that, um, Nancy Carrigan and Tanya Harden shit, I kind of thought twice about it. <laughs> Shout out to Christy Yamaguchi. That was my bitch on ice. And now uh, the bitch is fucked up because I don't even know her name. And she black. But I think she's actually from uh, Britain, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think she's from the United States. But this bitch used to do fucking backflips like the other nigga. Um, what's his name? That was my baby. Scott Hamilton. That's his fucking name. Uh, Scott Hamilton was the first person I remember doing this, but, uh, what is her name? I'm going to get it. I'm going to fucking get it. I'm going to get it. Benali, 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 Benali. What the fuck is her first name? Anyway, uh, Soraya? Soraya, yeah, she's a French figure skater. I knew I wasn't bugging in the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shorty was nice with it, right? And she was doing the backflips and all that, and then they just, like, stop that shit type shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but going back to gymnastics, because you see how quick I could get sidetracked, you guys? It's, yeah. Um. Anyhow, back to Princess, right? Simone. So this woman is, I mean, I, you talking about dominating gymnastics and I mean, she's now considered to be the greatest and most dominant gymnast of all fucking time. And this baby's only 42. Baby, I'm trying to age you. 24 years old. She's from Columbus, Ohio. And I absolutely fucking love her. Like when I get where I'm supposed to be, I do want to meet her. I want to autograph. Yes, yes, yes. I sure do, Simone. You fucking rock. What I didn't like is how the Olympics were treating Simone, in my opinion, right? Baby girl is so fucking nice. Her competition is herself, as it should be for all of us, right? She is the epitome of what it means when you say my only competition is myself, okay? It's like she can't lose. And you know, we all take L's, but hmm. She's on her way to Tokyo. One more shot at history. She'll be uh, headlining the United States women's gymnastics team in Japan next month. Shout out to Japan as well. Got some listeners there. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. So like, like we all have bad days, you know, I don't know nobody who hasn't. She, she's had moments. Like there was a moment where, um, she had a performance where her bars were uneven. She fell off the beams, kind of stepped out of bounds on the floor exercise. That's my favorite one, by the way. Um, my father was very heavy into gymnastics, and this is why I have a love for it. My sister was in gymnastics when she attended um, Kennedy High School in the Bronx back in the days, and my dad is a martial artist. So I remember him doing the, um, what the fuck was those things? The, um, what are those fucking things, Spirit? 
those rings. Like, you know the shits, you guys? Don't laugh at me, because, you know, I'm, we family people. We fucking family, right? You know the shit, them two little things, and they hold on to it, and they pull themselves up, and they do the flips and all that. Yeah, my dad used to do that a lot. I remember... Um, watching him do that often and just a lot of different um flips very agile man yo that's probably why i'm so fucking flexible (laughs) um but (laughs) but yeah um that's what really had me loving gymnastics family's big on uh sports so uh she's had her day or two where you know and we all do where she doesn't or didn't i should say feel that she gave her best but she is her best, right? You just, if you don't feel like you did a good job, you come back the next day and do an even better one. That's the philosophy with uh, progress and, and life, right? So, um, after all was said and done, this woman, after a short break, um, when she uh, finished her five medal performance in real Digi- uh De Janeiro in 2016, she came back. And uh, look where she's at, yo. You guys, look where she's at. She's trying to become the first woman in more than a half century to repeat as Olympic champion. And I I'm, I have no doubt she's going to pull this shit off. Um, she's going to pull this shit off. She's amazing. Okay? And I can imagine the pressure she's feeling internally externally you know it's 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 insane but you know you're great at what you do Simone if you ever catch my podcast I want to tell you I fucking love you yeah she's amazing you guys I'm so excited for the summer games I know I don't know about you guys but I fucking love sports like my soon to be in the very near 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 future husband it's going to be like, damn, this is what you doing today? <laughs> yeah, nigga, pull up. <laughs> pull up and sit down and like that else so we can watch these sports. Because I really fucking love sports. It's very relaxing. Very, and, it, and I'm not limited. You know, some people just, oh, I like basketball. I like football. Nigga, I like all sports. I like shit I probably can't even pronounce. If it catches my attention, I'm like, oh, that shit's fire. What's the name of this shit again? Yeah, that's cool. But um, there has been moments within the, um, within the, uh, is it the Summer Olympics? Let me see. So as the black, us black people would say, what had happened was, all right, so Simone basically said she faces a very unfair disadvantage in scoring because she's already way ahead of everybody. So she's so dominant, you guys, that the rules of elite gymnastics actually put her at a scoring disadvantage. So it's like, how the fuck can you be so good that they put you or the rules of elite gymnasts or gymnastics place her at a scoring disadvantage? Now, I'm wondering if it's because she's really that good or is it because she's that good and she's black and she's a female? But, you know, yeah. She believes, and I believe it too, that this was done because she's already way ahead of everybody. Uh, According to Simone, they don't think it's fear that she wins all the time. Oh, what the fuck? If she's good, she's good, people. Like, 
I don't understand that. You know, we tell people to be the best that they can be. And then when they actually do that, we're fucking mad that they're the best that they can be. And so we invent ways to discredit them or give other people. What is, I don't know. Maybe they're looking at this like some type of affirmative action for gymnastics. I don't fucking know. Right. But what I do know is baby girl is fucking nice. All right. And I would love to see her in person. Like, it's great looking at her on TV and all that shit, but I want to see baby girl in person. I am so in awe of her. So in awe over her. Dominique was one of my favorites, too, back in the days in the 90s. Um, Not Dominique, Gabrielle, that's who I'm thinking of. Um, Gabrielle Douglas, who actually was the first black woman in history to become individual all-around Olympic champion. Only American, you guys, all-around champion to win multiple gold medals in a single Olympic game. This was 2016. I just, I just love it. It's just, it's just, it's just beautiful. We already spoke about Simone, but you know, I'm wondering if you know how many African-American gymnasts, right? Was just fucking dope. You had Diane Durham. Now she was the first elite U.S. gymnast to uh, train under the legendary coach, Bella. Y'all know Bella? Caroli. She was a two-time junior national champion. You guys, you gotta love this shit. You just gotta love it. I mean, I do. I fucking love it. I fucking do. But shout out to Simone for the uh, impact that she's making in history for all little black girls, especially, and little girls overall, to just, you know, desire and want to do what they see her do. And do it well, bitches. Do it well, right? So let me tell you something, black people, specifically my black people. If your child is saying that they want to do and become a gymnast. Stop being like so many of the parents in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect. You know what I'm saying? Because my mother did this shit too. I love her to life, but my mom's dad did this shit. Like, I told my mother I wanted to be a gymnast, found, found a place, and I was still young enough to have learned, right? Still flexible enough to have been taught how to do these things. Um, But, you know... Rather than a parent just saying, oh, I don't got the money for that shit, right? This was the this was the 90s type shit, late 80s. My mother was just like, you ain't you don't really want to do that shit. And I'm like, yeah, the fuck I do. So I say that to say if your children, even if they do something only for a week or two and you're mad because you wasted your fucking money, as so you feel, uh, give them that opportunity to do it, you guys. They'll remember that forever. Just like they'll remember forever if you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love you, mom. <laughs> All right. Um, last but not least in sports. And then uh, you'll catch my uh, next episode where I'll give you all the juicy gossip of what's going on in hip hop. So then we have my baby also, Shakari. 
Shakari Richardson, yeah, bitch. This 21-year-old track star is fucking dope. I think what I love about her the most is her um, realism to be who she is, right? And then, and and I say that because you know she's out there running guys with colored wigs and weaves, extra long coffin-shaped acrylic nails, you know. And, and even some people are, are comparing her to the iconic uh, Olympian Flo Joe. That was my bitch, too, all right? Um, um, Jackie was my bitch, too. But um, Shakari is a, ooh, a sight for sore eyes. This one here, man. This one here, though. Now, what I didn't know was that she was so short. Shakari is only 5'1", you guys. Not really sure how much she weighs, but she is 21 years of age. She's from Dallas, Texas, and she um, competes in the 100 meters and 200 meters track and field sprinter. So she, if you didn't know, rose to fame in 2019 when she was a freshman at Louisiana State University, running 10.75 seconds to break the 100 M record at the national, excuse me, Ooh, burped. Um, sorry, you guys. At the National Athletic Association in uh, championships, she um, which I didn't realize was really that short. She doesn't look that short on TV. This is why I need to fucking be in person, people. But um, yeah, she will be on her way to Tokyo. Good bitch. Good bitch. She won the women's 100 meter um, back in uh, 2020. Uh, and uh, she's currently, or she was currently, doing the uh, field team trials. Yes, at Hayward Field um, in Oregon, in Eugene, Oregon. So shout out to you, uh, Shakari Richardson. I wish you all the best, sweetheart. Um, you deserve it. You definitely deserve it. And kick ass when you get out there. And, and the Bernie Mac voice, kick ass. Yeah, bitch, do the damn thing. Represent, bitch, represent. So, yeah. So, you guys, that's all I'm going to give you for sports. You can tune in to the next uh, segment. And um, we're just going to keep this shit going all day. I got time, Negroes. I got time. Um, but with that said, I love you guys. And um, yeah, see you on the next segment. Later, you guys. <laughs> Available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. <laughs>